Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com. From the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom, this is The Gateway. It's Thursday, November 21st. I'm Wayne Pratt. Ahead, drive along Watson Road and you will see a nearly 50-acre site where Crestwood Mall used to be. Developers say a lot of work is going on behind the scenes with the goal of putting a shovel in the ground next year. That's what the challenge is here with Crestwood City Center is having enough momentum that you can say we're over this hurdle and we can start building this vision and get it going. I will speak with one of the key developers on the Crestwood Mall redevelopment project. That's in just a few minutes. First, the news. A judge has ordered natural gas company Spire to repay customers for improper rate increases. As St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Fenton reports, the federal judge found the company unjustifiably charged customers for millions of dollars in infrastructure improvements. Judge Anthony Rex Gabbard of the Missouri Western District Court of Appeals ruled Tuesday Spire used a rate surcharge to fund repairs to pipes it hadn't proven needed fixing. Utilities companies can charge customers extra for infrastructure improvements if they meet certain standards. Gabbard said the company used the surcharge to fund replacements for pipes that weren't deteriorating. He says the company must reimburse ratepayers for those repairs. Reagan Johnson is Spire's public communications manager. She says Spire disagrees with the rulings and is trying to determine how the decisions will affect the company. Spire will continue to replace the aging infrastructure and put the safety of our customers and the community first. Johnson says Spire plans to appeal to the state Supreme Court. I'm Sarah Fenton, St. Louis Public Radio. The state of Missouri will soon move forward with testing around 7,000 rape kits collected over the past two decades. It took a year for a team to identify all of the kits collected by police and hospitals throughout the state. Now they will be tested and the DNA results added to a nationwide database. Julie Donnellan is president of the Metropolitan Organization to Counter Sexual Assault. When sexual assault victims have the courage to come forward to submit to a personal and often invasive forensic medical exam, we owe it to them to have that kit tested. The testing is going to take some time. Missouri Attorney General Eric Schmidt says the state has grant money to cover only about 20 percent of the kits. He says Missouri will pursue other federal grants and may use some state money to test the rest over the next few years. Research from Washington University finds areas in the St. Louis region where poor black residents live are more exposed to carcinogenic air pollution than white middle-class neighborhoods. As St. Louis Public Radio's Eli Chen reports, the difference in cancer risk between the two groups was greater than scientists expected. Public health professor Christina Kanga and other researchers found that race and poverty levels made the biggest difference in how much communities are exposed to ozone and other cancer-causing pollutants. We did not expect it to be as strong as it was for these two factors. Their analysis of federal air pollution data showed that cancer risk from toxic emissions was five times higher for low-income black neighborhoods than white middle-class neighborhoods. Researchers also saw that these high-risk areas are located along highways, especially Interstates 70 and 64. Ikenga plans to investigate what's causing air pollution in these neighborhoods. I'm Eli Chen, St. Louis Public Radio. 
More impeachment hearings are on tap today in Washington. St. Louis Public Radio will have live coverage. Regular programming can be streamed at stlpublicradio.org under the option KWMU1 regularly scheduled programs. You can also get that stream on the station's app. There is a 48-acre field of weeds in the middle of Crestwood. Developers insist wheels are turning to convert the former Crestwood Mall site into a modern complex with restaurants, shops, and living space. Kent Evans is a partner at Walpert Properties, which is the lead developer on the Crestwood City Center project. I talked to Evans about the vision and how plans have grown from a roughly $100 million project into a $300 million venture. It's very complicated, and it's also very interesting. We're basically creating a new city center for Crestwood. There are two hits, so to speak, that the project may be taking at this point, cost and timeline. What do you say to critics of both? Certainly, the project has changed in cost, but that is because there were two previous developers here, and neither of them were able to drag the project across the line. The project may be three times greater in cost. It's at least three to four times bigger in scope. So it's not really a matter of it being more expensive or costing more. It's because it's much, much larger than previously envisioned. We realize that people are anxious about it. They've been watching Crestwood Mall slowly slide for 15 years, perhaps more. We've really only been working on it a little bit over a year. So it takes time, once you've actually created the first draft of plans, to get those out to market. Also to work on those internally with the architects, designers, and the general contractor. While it seems like there's 48 acres of dirt there that nothing is happening on, it couldn't be further from the truth. What are the challenges to get from what is now a vision to a reality? It just takes a certain amount of density because you have to build all of the infrastructure first. And that means that there has to be a certain level of commitments from users to be in place in order to pay for that. The world of retail has changed and the anchor tenants are different. And the anchor tenants are that there's going to be a mass of restaurants there. And that's what the challenge is here with Crestwood City Center, is having enough momentum that you can say, we're over this hurdle, and we can start building this vision and get it going. What's the response been from the city? I know you've had it for just over a year. They've been good partners so far. I don't think I've ever worked in a city before on a development or redevelopment where Everyone has been so in line. I mean, this was originally a piece of Americana there, Route 66. And there are a lot of people that have deep ties to that. They remember sitting on Santa's lap or going on their first date there. They've met people that are important to them in their lives there. So there's a lot of connectivity for people. And this is from a regional area. This was a regional mall. And so there's a lot of regional stories about people that feel drawn to it. Are you convinced there's enough interest to make this work? Yes. When do you think something will start happening on the property? We're trying for 2020, the upcoming year. As to when, I don't know. 
certain things are dependent on the overall health of the macro economy. And really, we have no control over that. So we just have to keep our heads down and, and keep pushing ahead. That was Kent Evans, a lead developer of the old Crestwood Mall site on Watson Road. A big thanks, as always, to editor extraordinaire Maria Altman for her help with that story. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt at Wayne Radio on Twitter. And from the St. Louis Public Radio newsroom, this has been The Gateway. Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house.